and we're back. Thanks for joining us here. Another edition Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We've got a week in the books, the Olympics, and uh, Xander Schauffele bringing home the gold for the United States. Lots to talk about there, how the men finished up. Rory Sabatini, wherever he's from, he got silver. And then C.T. Pond, cool to see him. University of Washington, you know, I like that. Uh, he picks up the bronze. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, Koreans, uh, Siwoo and uh, Sunjai, they didn't medal. And they'll be waiting for that call to uh, get some military service. Imagine that. Break it all down. The men looking ahead to the women as well as the run here. The playoffs coming up in August. Kevin Van Valkenburg joining me from vacation. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Travis, you bet. I'm always happy to talk golf whenever, even on vacation. The family's okay with this? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. You're like, hey, I'm going to go talk golf on a podcast. I'll be right back. What? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Well, the, I, I, I probably you're probably like me. I didn't. Uh, I watched some uh, of the Olympics, and um, I mean, geez, let's face it, 10 p.m. start here on the East Coast. That's tough. You know, leaders teeing off and staying up till 3:30 in the morning to figure out, you know, who's going to get the medals. Uh, have you caught much of it? You know, I found myself kind of blurry eyed in the middle of the night a couple times, waking up and uh, and quickly thinking, oh, I want to see uh, see how the the South Koreans are doing. I want to see, uh, you know, how if Xander's holding on to this. So I, I didn't uh, sit and actually, you know, watch it uh, in full, but I, I followed it for sure as it was going on. I, I was more interested in than I thought I would be. I think mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of it four years ago in Rio, and this time I was like, you know what? I, I'll give this a chance. I'll, I'll pull the Rory McIlroy, and I'll actually uh, at least be mildly interested in this. <laughs> You know, that's kind of how I was, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, following this closely, um, golf is, is what I do. You know, I was half heartedly interested in it, you know, just being completely honest. And I think that's how most were. Some bought in, some didn't. I think, you know, obviously some players really bought in. And once they got there, they kind of felt, wow, this is really cool. You can see Rory kind of changing his tune. JT was all in Xander, certainly all in. And then others are like, yeah, you know, DJ, I'll just, you know, that's just, this isn't for me. And I think for fans too, I think fans, some bought in, some didn't. It'd be interesting to see where this goes. You know, the Olympics, the ratings are not great um, when you look at it across the board, but there is some momentum, I think here in, in the Olympic committee of golf's going to be a part of this. How can they continue to build this platform 2024 in Paris, 2028 in LA? Big opportunities coming up. What would you do here if you had to look at golf and say, look, let's let's do A and B from an Olympic standpoint to really separate and create our niche here in this next seven-year run, not eight. Remember, we missed a year, so it's going to be seven years. We'll have two Olympics. Yeah. I, here's what I think is hard is that you have, you know, I think, that there, it would be a lot better if there was some team element. I think most people mm-hmm. who are sort of investing in this, even if it was some kind of like mixed gender team element, right? So a, a guy and a gal, both you know out there throwing darts. I mean, how much could you sort of get behind like Nelly Corda and Justin Thomas, like being on the same team and like playing on a <laughs> an absolute heater on the back nine, like running off seven birdies to win, you know, a gold medal. I think that would be really, really fun. And so what's the, what's problem is in order to get more buy-in from the players, you know, you'd have to, they're probably not going to 
have any kind of individual element go away. They're always going to want to be like, this is the golfer of the year uh, for the Olympics. And so could you make it just, you know, over two rounds uh, to sort of crown the individual champion and then have like a team element where, you know, there's, it's, you know, the best score that, you know, a best ball that two people can shoot or that's it's match play best ball. Like it's a Ryder cup style thing. I think some of that would be really cool. And, and some of it was like, you know, who, who's the second best golfer from Spain, you know, who knows, but like an element of like, it could John Rom carry his team to a gold medal just by absolutely being the, you know, the baddest dude on the planet uh, in one, you know, sort of stretch, that would be kind of fun to watch. Right. That would, that would be really cool. And I think the, some of the players, particularly the international ones would really get into it. And then some of the Americans might too. And so I, I would love to see some sort of team element going forward. Yeah, it's not going to hurt players like JT and Rory going back and talking about how amazing the experience was. And, you know, now we're going to have the women this week and how amazing the experience was. And, you know, so I think there can be some momentum just from the experience in itself and what it means to play for your country as an individual that way. But I, I tend to agree that mixed event, it just seems logical for the Olympics to embrace that and and make this their own niche right and like you said you can still do the individual part but that team mixed element um i think is something that most could get behind xander of course um walks away with the gold medal i felt like this was a felt like this was a big weekend for xander you know he had the lead yeah and he continued to play good golf 68 67 we've seen him falter a bit um late on sundays and not continue to keep the pedal down um, but really, you know, I think Xander probably more than any American, uh, perhaps was born for this Olympic golf. His grandfather and father were both elite athletes growing up. Um, he dedicated the win to his dad. He, he almost didn't even get over there because of the logistics to, yeah. to get to Tokyo. Uh, but I think Xander's got to walk away. Yes. Feeling great about the gold medal, but more than that, he kept the pedal down. You know, he looked like Xander, even with the lead sleeping with the lead. And to me, that's his next step is we know Xander's one of the best players in the world. We hear it, but can you put people away? Now the field wasn't elite. There were some good players, mm-hmm. but he did put it away. And I think that's a big step as we look ahead to the playoffs here. How, how do you see it? Yeah. Any win for Sander. I mean, think of how long it's been since he actually won a tournament. It's, it's been a couple of years. So I feel like it was important just to sort of get him to feel again, like, okay, this is how good you are, man. Like, remember, like, I know that you're, and we all acknowledge that you are super talented and have been in contention at some of the toughest tournaments, but actually closing the deal is a different thing. And so just to get that feeling back, absolutely. I, I thought it was super important for him. And I, I do think it's a kind of a cool story. You know, his, his father was, is obviously an interesting, colorful character, mm-hmm. but, you know, growing up in, in Germany, like cared a lot, a lot about the Olympics. And so to see, that come to fruition was kind of neat for the two of them. Can you imagine playing in the Olympics knowing that you have to medal to not do your military service? I mean, that's a, there's pressure. And then that's just a whole nother level. Like I can't even comprehend that. I mean, that's what Siwoo Kim and Sanjay M were up against with South Korea. Um, Sanjay had the great round on Saturday. I think he shot 64, but it's just a, it's just a whole nother level of pressure to comprehend. Can you imagine that? 
no, I can't. And I and you think you could see like the first three days yeah. for both of them that it it was kind of weighing on them that you know these are guys who are absolutely in the prime of their careers and you know as we saw with Sang Moon Bay it doesn't always come back when you walk away from it for two years. I mean, it, two years is a lifetime in a golfer's prime, and so. You know, I, I think we're, I certainly, I, you know, I think I joked that I, that's the thing I was rooting for the most was for them to sort of get a chance to medal to earn that exemption. But, you know, it's, it, I think what's, I think what's probably sort of a bummer for Siwoo is this was his last chance to kind of be of age and do it. Mm-hmm. He has to kind of serve, you know, you have to sort of serve it before you essentially turn 30. So Sanjay will have another chance in Paris to uh, potentially earn a medal. He can delay his exemption until then. Uh, but, you know, C was going to basically have to do it in the next year or two. And that, you just hope that, like, uh, Sangmoon Bay is still, you know, struggling on the, you know, Corn Ferry Tours, trying to figure out a way to to get back. And, and he was, you know, maybe a top 20 player in the world when this happened. And so our, it would be a real shame if, like, our lasting memory of... of Bay was kind of what happened at the President's Cup there, where he sort of felt the weight of all things on, on him then. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think we all love watching Sanjay. Like, he's just such an unbelievably fun, aggressive player. And, you know, nobody wants to kind of lose that for, you know, it's it's a tough, the guys are in a tough spot because, you know, everybody in South Korea does this. It's not like... You know they they give out many exemptions, uh, and then but earning a, a medal in the Asian Games as an amateur or earning a you know medal in the Olympics is one way to do it. Sort of bring you know enough glory to the country to sort of earn it. And I think we all would love to just see Sanjay just continue to have his career as it is. But you know we've just never seen it before. I mean the guys who previously were great, uh, whether it's Yi Yang or you know. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is they were already had served their time by the time they became right. great, and so uh, it's, this is a different kind of development in in terms of where they came about to be an elite player. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within two percent of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Yeah. Serving your time early and then coming out and building your skills, certainly going to be easier than building your skills and then taking a two-year hiatus and then trying to come back. For sure. I mean, I just... Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. Like, I just... That seems... Like a big ask. Um, of course, the women this week have been seeing a lot of stuff, social media, Corda sisters. They are all in, Jessica and Nellie. So it'll be fun to um, to see how the women pan out this week at the Olympic Games. Another lady that's over there, um, you know, the greatest gymnast of all time, Simone Biles. Um, it's been well documented what's happened there in her uh, taking herself out of the competition. 
uh, you know, mental health is, is health. No one's going to uh, disagree with that. And, and Simone Miles wasn't feeling up to par and pulled out of some of the events, but uh, she'll be back for the, uh, you know, hopefully in the future. She did say, you know, she didn't quit on her team. And I quote, she saved her team. What's your take on that? Well, I think I, I, I'm not a gymnastics expert, but like I, my daughter uh, is in gymnastics. And so I've been to many gymnastics meets over the last uh, few years. And I, we, we went to the uh, USA trials. And so I feel a little bit, um, a little bit more informed about Simone than some, I guess, other like golf journalists, right. You know, the way that it works is that once you go and participate in the preliminary stuff, you can't replace the, you can't replace someone with another gymnast. And so Simone wasn't going to like, you couldn't just swap her out for Jade Carey or for Michaela Skinner or one of the other gymnasts, you know, that she was only going to sort of help them by withdrawing when she did it because her, her scores were so bad on the vault in the first go round was like the lowest of all the competitors that if she continued to perform like that, they were not going to be in competition for the silver that they eventually won. So in that sense, like her decision to sort of say, I'm just, I'm so messed up right now uh, in the head that I'm actually dragging the team down by stepping away. She's she is right. Like she did help the team uh, because then they will only count three scores against um, for the sort of total and so I think that logically she's right. I, I think it just is, it's made for an interesting conversation, you know, about what is okay to sort of say, I'm not all right. And I think that that's been important to talk about. Like for a long, long time, gymnasts were f- kind of essentially told, you, you need to push through this. You need yeah. to just be okay with this. And that excused a lot of things whether it was living in a disgusting, like cockroach infested, you know, ranch, uh, just sort of say, Oh, we're going to, we're going to raise you like champions. We're going to become, you know, the best. So it doesn't matter how off it is to like also excusing like sexual assault. Like, you know, you don't need to worry about this. We've got this under control. Don't worry about the, this trainer creeping you out because the, he knows better. This is going to help us win medals. And so this was the first time where someone with enough power, within the sort of sport said, I'm not going to do this. I don't feel right about this. And I think that's actually a pretty important thing, especially considering USA gymnastics history. And so I, I, I do feel, you know, you, everybody can kind of weigh it however they like, whether it was, you know, heroic, whether it should be celebrated, whatever. But I, I felt like it, it was understandable that, and, and kind of brave for her knowing what the blow act was going to be to say, I'm just not comfortable doing this and I'm not going to push through it. Uh, one, because I think it'll hurt the team. And two, because it might really hurt me. It might break my neck. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. put that on the line uh, if I'm just not up for it. Yeah, it almost, you know, just listening to her talk and for me, reading between the lines, like it almost seems like as she was talking about from the mental health standpoint, like she forgot how to twist and like where her where she was in the air, right? When you're doing all that, it's almost in, in golf terms, like a bit of a yip, you know, where you have that mental, like it's a yip. I don't know what's going on. I'm out of like, 
I take it back and, and then it just happens. Like I have no idea why I'm doing that, but it's, it's happening now in putting there's, you're not going to physically hurt yourself when you yip in gymnastics. If you're in the air and it's equivalent to a yip and you don't know where you are in space, well then, yeah, like you said, you could, you could land on your neck. So I think it's certainly understandable from that standpoint. Did she, do you think she put a little added pressure on herself by embracing this whole goat status, you know, and putting it on her clothing and things like that, like the added pressure of just embracing that. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine like in football or golf or, you know, someone puts the goat on their shirt and says, I am, and you embrace it. Like there'd be some pushback. Do you think she, do you think she just kind of overdid it a little bit from that standpoint? Do you, do you go there or no? I don't think so. I don't think it really made any larger difference. Right. I, I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, there's the nuanced answer is right. That like, it's not, it's part medical and part mental, right. What happened with her. So we're talking a little bit about, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't feel my, where my body was in the air. Like if there's kind of a dizziness involved to it, you could sort of look at that as like a physical ailment. And then, and the mental aspect, it was like, gosh, like I, I just, I don't feel right about this. I have feeling tons of anxiety. I can't make my heart sort of calm down. Like I'm shaking constantly. Like that was sort of going on too. So like how much of that is physical? How much of it is mental? I don't know. Like, I don't know where we could point to a specific thing. Right. And so I don't think that wearing saying I'm the greatest of all time, which is basically an absolute fact, regardless of what happened at this Olympics was sort of added any more pressure than like knowing that there are 3 million people on camera. I mean, this is someone who pushed through a lot of stuff in her past and has been acknowledged to be really great for a long time. And so I don't feel like this, it was like, oh, there's all this added pressure just because I'm sort of accepting that like, hey, this is who I am. Like, I, you know, that, that I, I am who everyone thinks I am. I'm, I'm the greatest. Like she hasn't lost an all around competition since like 2016 so we're talking about you know dozens or hundreds of things going where no one has even come close to beating her ever and so you know she really is sort of the goat i think that it was sort of a playful thing that she did and i don't think it added any sort of like element. i mean you can remember like Tiger didn't shy away from like acknowledging that like he was the best player in the world by far when he was. And LeBron didn't, you know, he was happy to sort of be like, yeah, I'm the best player in the game. So I don't think that that's all that um, unique in sports. It might be not something that football players do because their football is such a team driven sort of thing, but it's not something that's totally unique that we've seen. It is good to see mental health more discussed and talked about and out in front. Cause you know, I think for certainly, you know, when I was young and early in my professional career, I don't think it was. And I think we're seeing it more now. And I think that is a, I think that is a positive um, when it comes to that. So hopefully she can rebuild the things that need to be rebuilt and, and mentally get in the right spot and perhaps, you know, continue on. The reality is, is none of us can even relate to, what she has felt in the way of pressure and carrying a team and a country. There's just, you can't even comprehend that. So to make a, a statement of, you know, that she needs to, be, to learn to deal with that and, you know, 
and continue to um, perform. Like you can't relate to what a person like that. And there's very, very few in sport that have carried that burden. And Michael Phelps did in swimming. Absolutely. Um, You know, Tiger in golf, Michael Jordan. Like, you know, these are the, these are the names that you, that would come to my mind Mm -hmm. that maybe would feel that kind of pressure. And then for Simone, you know, it was like, I'm not in a great spot, you know? And And I think if you look at, if you look at what happened with Phelps and with Tiger, these are not people who had like an easy road of it, uh, you know, in terms of their personal lives. And so, you know, they, they went through a lot of stuff and I think that Simone probably in that, that's a, the better example of like why Simone made the right decision. Right. So it's, there's a lot about Tiger Woods that people wouldn't want. Uh, right. You know, will he walk again? Will, you know, is marriage collapsing? Like it is, you know, having to share his kids because of it. Like there's a lot of Tiger that's sort of damaged and, and stuff that you wish that you could fix in him. And, and with Michael Phelps, there was the same thing. Like he was very close by his own admission to committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And so when we are talking about that kind of fame and pressure and all sort of combined, that's, I think, a, a better perspective of like what Simone was starting to sort of feel. And so that is a good example. Like, would you, would you rather kind of tamper that down and, and step away from it or try to push through it and end up being in such a terrible place that it, it puts your well-being further in jeopardy for the rest of your life? I think that's why Phelps was so quick to be like, I get this. I absolutely support what she did because yeah. he knew how close it was to going another way for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all those athletes at that level have supported Simone and most athletes in general, I think the majority are some are supporting her, which is, which is good. So i mentioned the women playing this week. Um, same course, all four of this year's major winners are going to be there. Inby park won the gold last time. Um, other women's golf news, Annika Sornstan, um, she didn't show up with the goat on her shirt at the U S senior open. Now you can imagine if she did, if we put anyway, but uh, she shows up and um, she just shows everybody, look, I still, I still want to play golf um, <laughs> and wins by eight shots. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I got to tell you, of, in men and women golf, of all the people that I miss watching play golf, it's, she's right there. She's probably number one for me. I love watching her play golf. I mean, she is, no question, one of the greatest of all time. And she shows up and just dusts the field yeah. by eight, first time out. Um, man, how do we get Annika out there more? Right. I mean, I miss Annika Storms now. Absolutely. I mean, it made me really wonder like, gosh, if you can still blow away the senior field by seven shots, like, could you, could you just win the regular U S open? Like I, she could probably be in contention for us. I mean, she's that good of a player. I mean, you know, she doesn't have the length that, uh, comparatively that she once did. So she'd be giving up a lot of that, but, and she, She's just always been a, a great thinker around the course. That was always, you know, uh, like w- even when Tiger was the best, physically the best player in the world, he also had the way to think his way around any course. And Annika was similar. And so you can see that uh, even though, you know, she's older. And I, I just made me wonder, like, if they could talk her into playing like, a, you know, a part-time schedule or just playing in some of the majors yeah. and stuff. I, I might light enough competitive fire. I don't know this, you know, she'd be giving up a lot of distance to a lot of the best players, but, 
understand that she's mentally tough enough to figure out a way to do it. And that might be a, a fun challenge for her. Yeah, it would be, you know, I think with her playing as well as she did, I, I, she, she might be more inclined um, to play a partial schedule, um, which would just be awesome for women's golf. I mean, just awesome. If she got out there and played and showed up just at all, but uh, it'll be, interesting to see what happens there women's golf i want to finish with this real quickly as we look ahead um a little run here in august this is the way the pga tour wanted to set it up right everybody kind of had their own month and now we we roll into august and uh, we start with the wgc and then we go to the Wyndham. who's going to make the playoffs and then it's three straight to the finish line to finish up before the nfl starts great field this week um you know, you got, uh, let's see, JT, Rom, and DJ, next five events, one of those three, they'll be defending. Um, you know, so that's kind of the, the status that we're up against here in great fields, weekend and week out. Anybody have your, uh, your eye on? Is it um, John Rom just going to continue this great play and win it? In my mind, I tell you what, Rom and Spieth stand out for me. I would not be surprised to see Spieth winning it all come at the end of August here and just, and just capping this thing off as, as a great comeback. Where, where is your head at? I mean, that, that would be amazing. and be awesome. I, I, it's a lot of birdies that you got to make as, as Jordan. Uh, but you know, I, Ron would be the obvious favorite. And now I think like Xander would be someone who you'd say like, okay, can, can Xander kind of keep up this, you know, hot streak and momentum with it. Um, but I, you're right. Like Spieth is the story in some ways still of especially of people who hasn't won i i picked him to win the open championship and you know felt like not quite entirely validated but if you if you pick a guy and he's finishes you know solo second you feel pretty good about yeah all right i almost got that one right <laughs> um you know it's just this has been a really interesting year for jordan right because it was almost like figuring out it wasn't figuring out how to be good again but it was like figuring out okay like how good can i be again I, i'm over sucking i'm not gonna like collapse anymore uh the way that i i did for when i was in the wilderness for a couple of years but can i quite handle you know being in contention and closing the deal and you know the win mattered in that sense of like i yeah i can do this and and i feel, have to feel comfortable being in big tournaments now and i think that showed like especially in the open championship like he played well enough to where just one guy was just, you know, outplayed him. Like it wasn't like Jordan collapsed or he, you know, he had a couple sort of hiccups on, on Sunday, but was still shot, you know, what is it, 66. I feel like if he were to sort of, you know, finally kind of close this out, it would be a, an awesome momentum builder comeback story for, you know, not only what's going to happen in the Ryder Cup, but, you know, when he comes in next year, I mean, I can't, he's absolutely like the person I would think to pick for like the masters next year, just because he mm -hmm. putted so poorly this year in the masters and still was in contention. So it's like Jordan Spieth's not going to putt like crap, uh, you know, in, in every masters from now on, you see, he's going to be back in, in majors and like this contending. And so uh, you know, could he sort of put this together in the playoffs and give him that much more kind of confidence that I've figured it out? That'd be amazing. That'd, yeah. But Again, like it's a lot of birdies to chase down and John Rahm, who's just truly the best all around player in the world right now. Yeah. Well, DJ was the man at this point last year and he was playing incredible golf. It seems like winning just about every other week. And 
what a difference a year makes for him. You know, most of the season, I'm like, I like to gamble on golf, got a couple shows and, you know, you're breaking these down and the, your best odds. It just seemed like for many, many weeks, it was like, there was always a lot of question marks about some of these top players. And I think some things have cleared up now as we've gotten closer here uh, into August in the playoffs court, John Rom is the number one player playing great golf. DJ's number two, still some question marks there and kind of just where his head's at, I think more than anything. And then Morikawa's three, we know he's cleaned up the putting. He didn't hit the ball good at all, really at the Olympics to his standard. And still almost won. I mean, that's scary. <laughs> that's if Colin Morikawa beats you with your putter, his putter, you've got problems on the PGA tour because it is his ball striking is not going to go too far away. Xander's four. Some things have cleaned up for him. I think the thing with Xander is he plays Eastlake so good. I mean, he I don't think anybody's played Eastlake better than Xander. If he's even close, he's gonna have a chance. Uh JT5, still some question marks. Um Brooks, I think, is is obviously trending. Bryson at seven in the world, still a lot of question marks. Um, I had his longtime coach, Mike Shy, on, and we really interesting conversation, I gotta tell you. Um, and just what it's like to be in that inner circle. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back. I mean, he he kind of lays it out there um and where it's at with Bryson. Louie at eight, we know he's playing good. Cantley, okay. Hovland, Spieth all the way up to eleven now. So anyway. Some things have cleaned up, you know, with some of the top players starting to, to bubble up here. Spieth is climbing. I think Rory's not far behind. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I like August. I like, I, I personally like the playoffs. I know some kind of make fun of it and this and that. I think the PGA Tour has played it right. I think you have to have this grand finale at the end. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of an offseason before they start again. But it is what it is. Um, I'll, I'll call it here. I, I, I think Spieth, well, you're right. He's got, he's, he's gonna, he's got a ways to go, right? Cause he's going to be up against it. I mean, Mark Morikawa to me is number one right now. Um, and I think Spieth's going to make a run at it, but you're right. It's going to, it's going to take a lot to catch Rom. Those are the three in my mind though, that are going to be very tough to beat here in August. Any, uh, any final thoughts, any, Anybody impress you this year? Any young guys or these guys that uh, you're like, man, this guy, this guy could be, um, you know, one of the the next up and coming players here. Scotty Scheffler. That's just who I was thinking about. That that's the name that I feel like it's it's time for Scotty to get a win and yeah. sort of, um, you know take that next step of, of his evolution. I mean, he's just a great, uh, well rounded player. He's fun to watch. His kind of a swing that's a little unique. I mean, just like in closing, I feel like, you know, it's the questions for me of like how interested Rory is in being a great player anymore still kind of remain. And I'm always, if you love golf, you're always looking for something to sort of light a fire in him and be like, okay, I figured out, I actually want this again. I want to be the baddest dude on the planet that I was in 2014. And so that's, I'll be kind of curious of watching the playoffs about, what goes on there and also the Ryder cup because yeah. Rory, the Ryder cup always kind of ignites something in Rory and you know, it's been awesome to watch him play really well in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Bryson's got a lot of questions too to, to sort of figure out after a couple really bad uh, stretches in majors. I mean, it, 
this, he really should have won the U.S. Open and and melted down and then kind of pretended that it was you know bad luck and he melted down again at the British Open and you know caused himself all kinds of grief and so yeah. what their end of their years look like in the playoffs in the Ryder Cup I think is a really interesting question for golf because if Bryson flips the switch and is back to being great and plays great in a Ryder Cup that could be huge for him. But if he continues to sort of struggle, then I think that it's going to, you know, he can't be quiet. He won't stop like tweeting or, use, you know, going on Instagram or or, or just making news constantly. Yeah. And so if that's easier to do when you're, you know, look like you really are the next evolution in golf. Right. When you kind of keep stepping on your own uh you know, heel and tripping over yourself. It's, it's a little bit more awkward and he's someone who's very sensitive. And so I think this is a big, bigger kind of finish to the year than I would say for a lot of other people that Bryson needs it to play well. But I mean, if he's, if he, he was pretty bad in the Ryder cup in Paris, if he stinks in whistling, then that's a starts to kind of be a thing. Like what, who do we pair Bryson with? How do we yep. figure out this? Cause it's not like he's going away. He could, you know, he's going to win a couple of tournaments a year just based on he's going to have weeks when he hits it so much further past everyone. He's it's impossible for him not to score. And so, what does Bryson's uh, end of the year look like for in terms of what it means for the rest of his career? That that still kind of really intrigues me. I think that's I think that's well put, and I just think overall, Stricker's got a he, he's got some work to do on this USA team. I mean, he's got a big task there. He's got some work to do to put this. USA team together that is going to play for each other to some degree um, and, and win this thing. So I think those are, those are valid points. Kevin, I can't thank you enough. Um, senior writer ESPN been doing it a long time. Kevin Van Valkenburg, follow him at K Van Valkenburg on Twitter. He's a good follow and he's a Michigan alumni. You know, someone came up to me, Kevin, the other day at a restaurant and they thought hundred percent I was Jim Harbaugh. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't look like Jim Harbaugh, do I? I I had my hat on. They're like, yeah, we thought you were Jim walking in. I was like, oh, oh okay. Should well, have screamed to go do some. Last thought: they what are they going to be this year? You think they're they going to they going to uh, give Ohio State a run or no? No, but okay. uh, <laughs> but it'll be a fun test to see what you know. Ohio State's such a behemoth, right? You just cannot can't recruit like them. That's a part yeah. of the problem, right? It's just they've. They've kind of, you know, they're the Alabama of the North now. Yeah. And uh, so, but I, you know, Jim's always makes it interesting, right? It, he so. does. Yes, he does. Um, and football Billy. is around the corner, folks. We're, um, what, four weeks away probably here from uh, something that's meaningful, some preseason coming up here in August. Kevin, thank you. Tell your family thank you. you Safe bet. travels. Talk okay. to you again. Sounds good, man. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing 
the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.